Oh, mate. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs of this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house we're on zoom again today and we're over to a lovely area of england i not been to for some years but i do love this area i love the city nottingham and i've got another gentleman with me who's He's not originally from Nottingham, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Chris Campbell. Now, I met Chris originally, the lovely Belly Kenyon, who put me in contact with Chris. And he's just done had a feature ball the other week, and my column the Sunday Tribune. Haven't you, Chris? Well, this podcast was planned before that, just to confuse yeah, matters. <laughs> now, Chris, obviously, people don't know you, and if they don't know you, I don't know why. So, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody, mate? Tell them where you're originally from. So, I remember you telling me you're not from Nottingham originally, are you, so? No, that, that's right, Andy. So, so yeah, um, my name's Chris Campbell. I, I grew up in uh, in in Bidford, a, a small village in in Warwickshire, and uh, and moved to um, the Cotswolds um, near near Broadway on the Worcestershire Gloucestershire um, border. Um, so, so that's that's where I'm from. And um, but for the last few years, yeah, I've, I've been in in Nottingham, which is a, a great city that I've really got to uh, well. Was getting to know quite well <laughs> before the uh, before the lockdown. Um, yes. Yeah, I've had, had a great time up there. Yeah, and return for like your wife's up there studying at the moment, isn't she? So, and like I said, it was yeah. like, yeah. Well, uh, when did you when did you both move to Nottingham originally? So, so we we moved we moved it nearly three years ago, um, and we, we moved from from Bristol. So, so my wife's been studying a, a PhD um, up here at, at the University Hospital. Um, so. So yeah, we're actually we're moving back to to Bristol next uh, next week. So we're in the in the process of the cardboard boxes are out and um, yeah, the, the vans the vans booked. So um, oh, we'll, blimey, don't don't envy mate. I know last time I moved in the, to the apartment I'm in about five years ago, I just kept finding things. And it was like when Amanda, my partner, moved in like eighteen months ago or so. She uh, she had a nightmare in the flat. She'd been in the flat before, for me to be ten years nearly. And she kept saying to me, "I kept finding things on the back of the cupboards. I didn't know. I didn't know I had." <laughs> you do. You just accumulate things sometimes, don't you? So, oh god. Yeah. 
completely. Yeah, anyway. we, we, we've we've got the major stuff sorted. But yeah, as you said, there's there's all these these smaller things that we're we're, we're rounding up and making sure that that we don't leave behind. <laughs> right, of course now, Chris, rotate to what you're writing, not not do a podcast on how to move from one city <laughs> to another. <laughs> Could be a good podcast for that. Yeah, I don't think I'd be the best to give, give tips, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, seriously, we're here to talk about your two collections, including your most recent one. Now, yeah. you were telling me before, and I've not read your, I've not read your first one, was um, Red Rolls and Dresden, which yeah. came out in 2013. And you told me about Dresden was Germany or something, was it? So were you living in Germany at that point? Or? No, no, I was doing a lot of travelling in my um, early 20s. And uh, um, I'd go over to, to Dresden every now and again, which is uh, a city in uh, in East Germany. So so I had to, uh, well, I still have a, a good friend over there. Um, and, yeah, I, I was writing quite quite a bit, you know, from um, at university and, and, and after that. And... Um, I, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd jot things down on, on, on my trips abroad. I, I lived in, in Sweden for a year um, while I was at, at uni and, and it, you know, traveling on trains, um, um, uh, you know, on, uh, on airplanes, that kind of thing. I always, always found that good uh, uh, bit of time and space to be able to, um, to, to, to write things down. So um, I, I was working at, at a local newspaper and, and I remember I, I was, you know, I, I was working on a few things and uh, I was telling uh, a colleague um, of mine in, in the office who, who was a, he was a local historian and, and worked on our, our sort of history, history pages in, in, in the newspaper. And uh, I was telling him a story about a, a breakfast um, in, in, in Dresden and, um, and and just mentioned bread rolls and, and Dresden, and, and he said to um, he said, "Oh, that, that bread rolls and Dresden, that would be a, a great title for a book." Um, and it, it just stuck with me. So so when uh, um, I published my first collection, bread rolls and, and Dresden, which which is a um, a collection of, of poems, you know, based on on, on travels, but but also um, um, uh, there's a lot of short poems in there, and it, it was sort of you know that I'd written as I say as a teenager in, in my early 20s it was kind of you know growing up but but traveling too um yeah it it, it felt like a fitting title I think great title is like <laughs> I think that's one good noise about you Chris like is like you title your collections you can, you've got great titles for them now obviously the second collection is just out now white eye and the needle which again is a fantastic title now Obviously, before we come into the book itself, um, people would notice in Eagle Eye One there's an eight-year gap between the collections. Yeah, you want to tell us about what you're telling me? Obviously, off mic before. Obviously, part of the reason why there was a delay, wasn't there? So, do you want to elaborate a bit more for us on that? Sure, sure. So, so poetry is always, um, you know, I've, I've always been, been interested in, in poetry from from a young age, and you know, there's, there's been. Uh, periods where where I tended to to write a bit more, and then and then periods where it's kind of you know been a little bit more on on, on the back burner, um, and you know I I I, I had it, quite a few poems that I'd written down and, and wanted to put out, out a collection. Um, I, I'd been working uh, for a couple of local newspaper titles in in I was living in in Cheltenham. Um, during um, quite quite a bit of my twenties, um, and um, so 
so so I I had I had enough poems and at the age of sort of 26 27 um I I I spoke to um well through through the local newspaper I'd, I met a contact who, who worked for a um a publisher in in Gloucester um and spoke to him at, you know about about publishing um self publishing poems that I had um and yeah it, it felt felt like a good time and 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 I, I sort of, you know, I squirreled away, I, I, I put away, um, carried on on writing after that, um, and I guess you know, lock, lockdown kind of gave you that that, you know, it, it gave you that sort of time to to, to think and, and breathe a bit. So um, those poems that that I, that I wrote, sort of, you know, through my later twenties and through my thirties, um, and, and more recently. Um, I, I then, I then felt, I, I felt sort of naturally it was time to um, to, to, to publish a, a, a second collection. So, yeah, the, 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 there's there's probably been there's there's been sort of gaps in there. There's, there's been sort of two three years where um, you know my my career in journalism sort of intensified a bit. I, I worked for quite a few different regional titles and then, and then moved to. Um, to, to London and, and work for a national um, newspaper, and uh, and you know with the the, the long hours um, and you know that that sort of being being my my primary focus I suppose at the time um, my writing kind of um, w- w- was there um, but uh, um, I was probably writing less prominently sort of. You know, four or five years ago, and then more recently, picked it picked it up again. Yeah, I think. What do you think to the the method about? I know it's interesting enough. I've been speaking to a few writers of lockdowns. You might have guessed, but it's been interesting, really, because I know writers. A lot of writers have either completely stopped over lockdown, mm. or the writers have gone in a different direction. Yeah. Do you feel you do you? I think you're more the second, aren't you? From what I can understand. I think it's yeah. it's gone. You know, it's evolved, hasn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, I've I've read a lot on um, you know on, on on Twitter on social media, you know, from from a lot of poets that that have um, found uh, found it perhaps more difficult to to to, to write for, for whatever reason, and and perhaps um, perhaps one one reason might be that that you know during lockdown you're you're in the same confined space for a, a, a long time that. That um, you know maybe the inspiration is, is a little bit more difficult, or or it's um, you, you know people that, that, that are spending time trying to write often writing poems that, that, that are quite similar. Um, but but for me, it it really became an opportunity to um, because I, I was commuting less. Um, the, the job you know I have at the moment is a lot of commuting time usually. In it, so so I, I was I was found I found that, that I was able to write you know first thing in the morning morning um, in the uh, in, in the evening and, and just you know I had a lot more time to to, to be able to focus on um, my writing and, and and to develop it, it further, um, which um, yeah has has has, has thank, thankfully been the case. So so you know since the the um, publication of white side of needle in april I, i've i've continued to 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 thankfully write, write um 
quite quite a lot as well. So well, that's, um, that's good news, Zach, because you think really we're still still in the middle of lockdown at the moment as of recording. Yeah, and obviously, like people are wondering. Obviously, we do, we don't know yet ourselves whether lockdown time has gone out, whether it's been lifted by then, even because there's just a lot of things, a lot up in the air at the moment, really, isn't there? So, yeah. it, so we just don't know what, what's going to happen next. So, certainly, so like it was. Um, how did um, obviously like in relation to the two books? Then, how did you yeah. feel if you look back at them now? Can you see mm. a massive creative shift in your writing t- between the two books? Yeah, I think there's a lot of development development there. I think um, you know, in the first book, there's a lot of shorter um, shorter poems, um, and I think you know, "White Eye of the Needle" it's it's written in in, in free verse. Um, you know, some some of the the, the poems in "White Eye of the Needle" were, were were written not too long um, after publishing uh, "Bread Rolls and, and Dresden," but um, you know, there's 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 more thought about um, about form in there. Um, the, the, there's more, you know, the, the language has has developed somewhat. You know, I was I was I was 27 when Bread Rolls and, and Dresden was published, and um, uh, you know that was uh, that that was eight eight years ago now. So so just in in terms of both um, language form. And um, and and content because um, you know perhaps more more life experience um, that that kind of thing as well and you know the white, white eye of the needle is there's a lot of um, there's a few lockdown poems in there there's there's quite a few uh, uh, travel based poems there's, there's a few romantic. Um, uh, you know more more love poems in in there as well so um yeah it, 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 it's a development in, in a few sort of senses of the word you know yeah completely because i do want to know this one but um in between my first two poetry books um there was a five five and a half year gap between them and it was like and i look back at the two books now and i can see and i'm not the case i'm bad man with those books or not it's just, yeah, I think you can see it sometimes. You look back at it and thinking, wow, <laughs> that's yeah. why. So, yeah. yeah. And I know you said already, you've obviously been writing more since April as well. So hopefully then it won't take you eight years to get your third poetry book out then. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there, there is there is time when, you know, when, when, you, when you, you've had a poem that you've left for, for a few years and, and, and you've rewritten and, and, and you have that time to, to go back and, um, and edit it further. You know, I, I, th- I think there's, um, th- there's something in that. And it's not the case with every, every poem in, uh, in the book, but, but there's certainly pieces in there that have been um, rewritten or, or developed, um, uh, you know, a, a few times, which, uh, which I think has, has hopefully um, really improved it. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, good luck with that. Definitely, because if people are wondering, because I think it's a really good book, this John Stewart, you've done here. I think it's a really well-designed and well-executed book. It was a pleasure reading it. You sent me over a copy to me. It's definitely so. Now, I know you got... And what I'm going to do today, I'm going to do something a little bit different here, OK? Because obviously, I've been having the book in front of me. I know you're going to read out a few poems in the second half in a few moments' time. So what we'll do is, 
we'll, we'll wrap this last bit down with a few more quick, quick fire questions. And then I can ask you some questions about the poems directly in the second half, okay? So sure. you can read for us some. Now, what plans do you have for the going, for going forward, Chris? Do you have any, any, any sort of projects in mind at the moment you can reveal? Well, I've, I've got a, a few few poems on, on the on the go that um, I'm submitting to to a, a few different publications. Uh, I've also um, I've also recently been back in touch with my um, with with my English uh, teacher from from school, which has been oh wow. interesting. She, she heard that I, I'd you know that I had a book out, and uh, so um, so so she we've been talking about sonnet, sonnets. So the, my focus, um, I think, you know, going forward is is going to be on on sonnets and 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 to try and work on. Um, you know, a, a series of, of of sonnets. So I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. Oh, I, I love sonnets. I love to love sonnets. I've only ever wrote one of them, and I got that. Mm. Um, I've, I've got read out at a sonnet festival actually the other year. Actually, did last year. Um, so that's why. Ah, and yeah, I remember that well because this is about you today. But I'll tell you to make you laugh. This they turned around and said to me, "Oh, it's a brilliant modern day sonnet. When did you write this, Andrew?" I didn't have that. I wrote it originally 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, just, yeah. I just retweaked the ending a little bit to send it across. And, because I think they're really hard format to get into. So where did your love of sonnets yeah. come from originally? Because it's, it's such a specialised type of poetry, I think. Yeah, it is really. And I, I guess, you know, what, when, when I was at, at school, you know, like like many um, poetry wasn't wasn't something that, that um, grabs me straight straight away when, when, when I was at school in terms of studying it and uh, um, and, and analyzing uh, um, poetry but but um, yeah at, at, at school we, we, we studied sonnets and, uh, and and Shakespeare and um, and as, as I say sort of sort of being back in touch through um, uh, with with my my English teacher and, and sort of t- talking to her about it, she's actually she actually sent a, a poem that she the sonnet that she'd written uh, over to me and, and we got chatting and oh, um, wow. and and I'm a fan of uh, um, you know E. Cummings and and uh, yeah it's it, it's something it's something that that, that I fancy um, exploring and, and sort of feels right at the moment. So yeah, I'm always a believer in writing. You've got to go. You've got to write what feels right to you. There's no, mm. and if you can try forcing it, you sound absolutely copperless, in my opinion, half the time. Yeah. So that's yeah. well, not brilliant. Okay, good luck. We're definitely so. Now, obviously, if people want to get hold of either of your two collections, yeah. where are the best going? So, if they visit my my website, which is www.chriscampbellpoetry.co.uk. Uh, that, that's that's the best place to go um, to, to to read a bit more about both books and and also my my social media uh, um, social media accounts are on there as well. So, Brilliant. I know if people are wondering, obviously, I've had a quick look. Well, both books you can can pick up on Amazon quite easily. And I've been mean, I guess I say all oh, good and evil news news that booksellers are basically should be available from. It's worth it and mm-hmm. worth it. I don't doubt the first book's great. The first, second one's, I love the second one, I really do. It's a pleasure reading oh, it. Thank so, you very much. So what we'll do, Chris, we'll take a quick break and let you get composed and let you come back with really cool pieces out to which I'm guessing are from the second book, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll right. yeah. be surprised Thanks. with the work, mate. So, right, anyway, guys and girls, thank you again, Chris.
We'll see you on the mat. Thank you. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. Still here with Chris. Just to show you how the greatest plans change, Chris was going to do four poems originally for White Eye and the Needle, but I've just found out he's not reading out my favourite poem in the collection, so he's doing five thousand. <laughs> Over to you, Chris. Go for it, mate. Thanks, Andy. So this first poem is called Chimney Snorkels. We reach a corner and catch a couple, hand in hand, keep our distance, fingers away from our faces. The light has faded, unveiling the moon, a crescent with a single star below, as if they arrived to a night's party together. The canal glistens, narrowboats like guards on shift, replacing daytime geese patrol. From thin black chimney snorkels, smoke invades the crisp air, putrid and thick. A woman sits in a saloon back to the open door, asserting a point to male companions. The cafes and pubs look empty, but in the distance a pizza neon sign bends the horizon. Who has the dough for electricity while no one bakes and not a soul visits? Underneath the bridge, a man waits by the path. His coat is zipped up tight. He seems bemused, anxious, flashing an impatient look. His eyes brighten in the dark. He lets us pass in silence. I gesture a thank you. His mouth looks like it opens, but it hides behind the mask. Ooh, I like the ending there, but I hide it behind the mask for that one. Now, a couple, <laughs> couple of things I'll ask you about this one, Chris, is I didn't notice who they've done. Who's done the illustrations in this collection? Yeah, so, so the illustrations um, have, have been done by a, a colleague of, of mine, um, uh, an ex-colleague of mine for, from the South Wales... Evening Post. So, so I worked uh, in 2014, um, and her, her name is Sandra Evans. So she was uh, a graphic designer for the newspaper. Um, right. A friend of mine. No, it's really good. Oh, you said it at the end then. It's <laughs> at the end of the book. Yeah. Now, Chimney Snorkels. Yeah. Then I know from what you were telling me off mic before. You and your wife live on live on the back of a canal. Is this about that canal, or is it somewhere else? Yeah, so so it's about that canal. So you know, while um, restrictions uh, were in place, you know, um, you know, the, the canal was really a bit of a saving grace for us in, in terms of being able to to um, to, to get out the, the the house and 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 walk um, up and down it towards. On one side, there's a there's a big uh, nature reserve, and and, and the other um, takes you sort of towards West Bridgeford in, in Nottingham, which is a, a beautiful part of. Uh, of the city so um so so yeah so so it's written about about the canal across the road from us what it was it felt like nottingham to me that there's a beautiful poem that one so really not, 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 i'm not going to start analyzing bits of it here but i just thought yeah that <laughs> <laughs> was lovely okay mate what's your second poem then for us okay so so the second poem andy is uh st ives calf where scones jam and cream Sit proudly on the counter, above today's capped sea bream. The waitress in her overalls, all white but with a stain, where chocolate cake and lemon slice slipped after serving mains. And beside the cafe's tables, where tourists escape the rain, is the art of local residents to show why they remain. 
Wow, you caught me out with that one completely. Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's lovely, that piece, that one. So, okay, tell us, tell us about that piece. So, so that was written, um, that was written around uh, four or five years ago when um, my wife and I went to, uh, to, to Cornwall on a, um, on a, it was a, a short, short break for a, a long weekend. Um, and yeah, we had, had a, had a lovely trip, but the weather wasn't, wasn't great when we were, we were there. So um, we, we were out near the, near the beach and, and uh, had to dash into a, uh, a cafe as it was raining and it was um yeah it was based on our, our short time in inside that calf and I, I remember um going back you know back to we were staying in an airbnb about 15 wow. 20 minutes away wow. and uh, and writing a bit of it that that night and sort of the, the next morning um wow question i want to know is obviously people will look at the book there's a lovely illustration of a cake on the bottom of it yeah. what's the course of cake in the cafe that not as nice as that i well i mean the illustrations uh <laughs> but okay it did taste good yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay that's nice, great piece i love i love that one it was a slightness of that because the first one was a longer piece and that's a really good contrast using much more snappier shorter piece there so no good stuff oh, mate. thank you well, okay that one um uh, very very fortunately that that one won the um the, the portico library uh, poetry prize recently so was, uh, oh well done no deserved it mate. absolutely deserved it Excellent. Okay, on to number three then. Number three is uh, it's called Last Night of Our Honeymoon. You glance across the table, lift a glass as the bar fills up beside us. A French couple, arm in arm, then another. Laces cut into bare feet. Middle-aged partners, singletons, drink in one hand, experience in the other. The chatter thickens like smoke. We squeeze further into our corner. Now half sat on a piano stool, I move my chair again, my legs pressed, tighter under the table, almost touching pedals. I imagine the notes of Feralisa as Barham beats into our conversation. Zebu and fresh fish arrive. We eat side by side, the candle facing us, the taps of shoes are circling. But beside us, a restaurant sits empty, laid out cutlery and glass, waiting as I did under the arch, last night of our honeymoon. Oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, that, Chris. And the eagle eye people won't necessarily spot it there. That's actually the last collect poem in the collection as well. I think that's a, that's, lovely way, that's a lovely way of finishing the collection off, that one. Was that planned, was it, that way, when you set the book out originally? Yeah, it, it came when when I was putting, um, you know, looking looking at the poems and, and, and the order and putting them all together. It, it felt like uh, it felt, you know, where, where it should where it should go. And um, um, you know, as you as you say, it, it felt right in and and the collection with with, with that. And uh, that that was, you know, it was it was written shortly after. Um, our honeymoon, and we, we were lucky enough to uh, to go to, to Madagascar. We were lucky enough to to get married in in 2019, so just before um, you know COVID and, and and anything like that. But um, yeah, we went to um, we went to, to Madagascar, and 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 we uh, and and that was yeah that, that was our, our last night in in, uh, 
in, in the capital, um, Tana. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it felt fitting to, to finish the collection with it. Yeah, it had to that sort of, um, man, it felt like a bit of an academic scene that the film matched that did to me. And I kept thinking <laughs> of, um, oh, Casablanca for some reason, I would play it against Sam. I don't, I don't know why, but not. No, no, it's one of my favourite pieces in the collection. And I think it's, it's that sort of finality that's always good the way I finish your book off. That's why. And it's not necessarily word mentioned last in it. It has that, you know what I mean? Sort of finalness of it in the collection, I mean. Excellent. Okay, thank right. you. Okay. On to number four. So number four is yeah, I'll, I'll save yellow yellow dress for as as we said for 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 the end. But uh, uh, number four is Mister Painter. Houses rub shoulders, paint falls like peeling skin, and I ask where the sea is. Amongst the rubble and the dirt, a small face. School kids back off the bus. They joke, skip and dance, and the hills roll in the background like silent guardians waiting for the rain. An old man grips a rubbish bag like a painter needs his pots. Paint this part, mister, say the kids, pointing at gaps in the houses. And he sweeps his brush, coarse as a wave, heavy as rain. This too will age. Yeah, 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 I like that. That's Mr. Painter. Yeah, that's really good, because again, I like the fact where you're going on about the difference between that, how every, everybody ages, basically. We've not found a way yet of immortality, yeah. that's for sure, mate. So, what's that? Actually, I don't no, want to go not yet. still trying. Well, I think we all are. I'm not going to ask too many questions about, obviously, the main person in this book. Was it a real person, was it? It, it was yeah, it was it was a real person, and I had a flat. I was living in in Swansea at the time, and it was a top floor um, flat. And I used to, um, um, you know, I'd look out over the uh, the street in in Uplands, which is a an area of, of Swansea, and uh, um, quite a, a sort of I don't I don't know if it's still correct to term it as a an Upland. Um, a great area of the city to live in. There were quite a few students there, and uh, um, yeah, it, it was it, it was a, a scene of um, you know I could see the, the school bus pull up and uh, uh, an old man walking walking up the street. So so it was based based on that. No, oh, that's great stuff. Great stuff. Now I know already what the last point was going to be because I kind of kind of <laughs> press ganged you into this one. <laughs> what's the last? What's the last yeah, point, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Yellow dress. You pose in a yellow dress on a heated patio. Smile is called It resonates as you stroke your curled dark hair. For a lockdown seems forever without your beauty there. Olives sunbathe in their oil, swelter side by side. Our hedge slumps over brick. An aged window pipes out before. I sweat still, burning this to memory. You glisten like an asanga. Dress draws me in, a gentle tide, curves soft in lemon. What a lovely poem that way, Chris. That's a great way, great way of concluding that. Where some people would go and do the last poem in the book last. You go and do the first one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Now tell us about yeah. that, because that's and, the story. Uh, it's got such a beautiful image in that house. 
it was it was a lockdown. It was a lunch that we, um, you know, last year we we're fortunate to have some uh, some some good weather. As I remember in, um, uh, in, in in April May May time, and it was you know we'd had a, a, a picnic in in the uh, in our um, on our patio, you know, in our back garden, and uh, and my wife was was wearing a, a yellow dress, and um, we we often have uh, before on you know in, incense on in in the house because um, we've got a, a, a cat which uh, you know we uh, <laughs> to, to, to mask it. So we have an indoor cat, so um, yeah, we often have before on, and uh, and it, it was it was sort of piping out out of the uh, out of the window and it was uh, I, I was sort of lying on a, a picnic rug and, and my, my wife was st- stood up behind it oh <laughs> brilliant mate great but, stuff but today also um, there's uh, there's there's a, a guy called a sanger who who, um, who who's makes uh, ice sculptures so he's he's, he's done there He's done stuff for, for Elton John, and I, I think I think even members of the, the royal family. But he's uh, I've I checked out quite a bit of his work before. Makes these amazing, um, you know, um, life size ice sculptures and, and bigger sculptures as well, all, all sorts of, of things. So uh, I, uh, I I told him afterwards that, that I'd um, I'd written that poem and I'd mentioned him. So he's. Uh, uh, he, he sent me a lovely uh, message back. He, he seems a really, uh, really nice guy. So, so I enjoyed that that sort of part to the poem as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a lovely piece because it's, I think it's a great way of actually starting the collection off. That because it's got that just some kind of innocence about it. It's, well, the, the last piece really is like quite a silent piece. This is a much a silent in duller colours. This is a really bright piece. I think you mentioned like yellow, yellow one stuff. It's just like it's a really bright way of starting the book off, and I think it's a really, it's a really good move that way, actually. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, Chris. Anyway, that's covered all the questions today, so we'll let you go and enjoy your evening now. Now, hang around, mate. I do need to speak to you off mic anyway, but I've really enjoyed it today, mate. It's been a pleasure. Andy, thank you very much. Thanks for your time and the opportunity. It's been great yeah. to, uh, to Indeed, be part mate. of it. Great come series. Back. Yeah, come back and again, mate, for the, when you get your next third book out. You're always welcome, mate. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> Thanks, anyway, mate. guys and girls, that's it for today. As Don Carlis says on Impact Wrestling, stay safe and stay over. We'll see you all next time.